0: Our Gospel lesson today is taken from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 20, beginning at the first verse. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, And said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came. She said to them, They have taken away my Lord. I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, Mary said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, Tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus then said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your father to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Mary's life had been completely turned upside down and her heart had been broken by the events of recent days, by the cruel execution of her teacher, of her master. It was still dark, the text tells us, and in so many, many ways it was still dark when Mary made her way to the tomb early on that Sunday morning. She was making her way to the tomb early on that Sunday morning for what she thought was to be her last act of love and devotion. She was going to complete the anointing of the body for burial. When she got there, she found the tomb empty. And like most of us would have done at the moment, she assumed that someone had stolen the body. So she ran back to the disciples and she told the disciples that someone had taken the body of Jesus. At that point, Peter and John headed out for the tomb and Mary went along with them to the tomb. It says in the text that, that John made it to the tomb first. But then Peter rushed past him and entered the tomb. And when they went into the tomb, they too found it empty, just as Mary had said that the tomb was empty. So they left the tomb and returned back to their home. And Mary remained outside the tomb. Mary remained outside the tomb weeping. Some some two men were there in the tomb and through her tear-filled eyes she couldn't see those two men well i'm sure and those two men we know them to be angels said to her woman why are you weeping and again she said to them they have taken away my lord's body and we don't know where they have laid him and it was then outside the tomb that she heard someone else speaking, someone else who said, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? And again, through her tear-drenched eyes, she couldn't make out completely who it was in front of her. The text tells us that she assumed it was the gardener. So she said, speaking, she thought to the gardener, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will go and get his body and care for it. You know, isn't it amazing the strength and the power that we have when, when love is making us do what it is love is making us do? And I'm sure at this point, Mary would have by herself taken that body and returned that body to a dignified space and finished anointing that body for burial. And then, all of a sudden, her world changed. When Mary, there weeping outside the tomb, heard a very familiar voice again speak her name. And it said, Mary. And the text tells us that she turned. And at that point, she recognized That it was Jesus there speaking to her. And she said in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher or my teacher. And evidently she grabbed Jesus at that point. And Jesus said, Mary, don't cling to me. Don't hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Jesus had more work to do. So at that point, Mary does exactly what Jesus told her to do. She went back and found the other disciples, and she said five words that changed human history. She said to those other disciples, I have seen the Lord. Those words changed her life, those words changed human history. I have seen the Lord. This is a great story, a tremendous story, and a great story can change our lives. But this is not simply a great story. I believe with everything in my being that this is also a true story. You see, it was about 2,000 years ago When a dead man got up and walked there right outside the city of Jerusalem. It was not a resuscitation. It was a resurrection for he was raised not just to his old life. But he was raised to new life. Raised to new life. To a life that he would never have to give up again. Mary experienced that. Mary said I have seen the Lord. You need to understand that. It was not the discovery of an empty tomb that transformed the world. It was not the discovery of an empty tomb that transformed the earliest followers of Jesus. It was not the discovery of an empty tomb, but the discovery of a living Jesus that changed their lives, that has changed our lives, that has changed the world. Jesus, for 40 days, appeared to people there around Jerusalem and in the Galilee. In the New Testament, we find ten appearances of the resurrected Jesus to people. The Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, says that at one place, at one point in time, Jesus appeared to over 500 people at once. So for 40 days, Jesus was appearing to his followers. It wasn't the discovery of an empty tomb that changed their lives. It was the discovery of a living Christ. Every one of the earliest disciples of Jesus of the 12, if you factor out Judas, every one of the remaining disciples would eventually give their life in martyrdom because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And we know that no one would die for what someone knew to be a lie. But they gave their life for what they knew to be the truth. It wasn't the discovery of an empty tomb. It was the discovery of a living Jesus that changed these earliest followers of Jesus. Today, one of the best pieces of empirical evidence for the resurrection of Jesus is the existence of the church of Jesus Christ. We exist because something so dramatic happened 2,000 years ago that everything has been changed. That dead man got up and he walked. He was not just resuscitated to his old life. He was resurrected to a new life. No, it wasn't an empty tomb that transformed those earliest followers. It was the discovery of a living Christ. There on that first Easter Sunday morning, outside that empty tomb, Mary heard Jesus say to her her name. I don't know if there was a special tenderness in the way that he said her name to her. Perhaps there was. But when Mary heard her name spoken by the one that she loved beyond all measure, she knew that she was in the presence of the risen, living Christ. And her life was completely changed. And human history has been completely changed. My friends, do you hear him Calling your name. Today. Do you hear him calling you by name. Today. He knows you. Do you know him? Knowing the living Christ. That's made real th- to us. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Means that we can live with a confidence. A faith. That believes that the worst thing is never The last thing. We can live with the confidence of the psalmist who wrote in Psalm 30 weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. My friends, I hope that you know this one who knows you so deeply. I hope that you know this living Christ, and I hope that you experience the confidence, the faith that this living Christ can birth in us. Knowing the living Christ can fill our lives with great, great joy, not just happiness. Happiness is, is based on the happenings of our life, but joy is something deeper than happiness. Joy is based on our relationship to the living Christ. Joy is a gift of the Holy Spirit that is birthed within us because of the ministry of the living Christ in our life. So I hope that you are happy this morning, but I hope so much more for you. I hope that you find some joy this morning. I hope that you find that joy that can be birthed in you because of the spirit of the living Christ in your life. C.S. Lewis that great defender of the Christian faith, author in the 20th century, one time said that joy is the serious business of heaven. It is a serious business of heaven and it can become part of our life right here in this world today and our world is suffering today. We are having Easter today, right in the midst of a pandemic. Thousands of people have died because of the coronavirus. So this is a very strange, very sad time in so many ways. But even in days such as this, the living Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, can birth a joy in us. Joy is the serious business of heaven. And joy can also be the serious business of all who know the power and the presence of the living Christ. It was a tremendous story. We believe it to be a true story. And that's why it's a story that can change our lives. And nothing can ever be the same again. This Jesus came back from the dead. We did the worst we could to this Jesus in this world. But he came back from the dead to love us still yet more. And through the power of his Holy Spirit, he still dwells in the midst of his people, ministering ministering confidence and joy to us. He, He knows you. He knows your name. Do you hear him calling you by name right now? He wants to be a presence in your life that will change everything about your life. He wants to be a presence in your life that will help you live with confidence that the last thing is never the worst thing in life because his great, great love for us has won the victory and will win the victory for us. Yes, indeed, the Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. May I pray with you? For the awesome gift of this day, O God, we give you thanks. We pray that you'll fill us to overflowing with great faith, confidence, and joy. May Jesus Christ step off the pages of history and enter our lives through the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the gift of Easter. We desperately need to receive the gift of Easter again this year. And we give you thanks for offering us that great joy. In the name of the one who has overcome all of life for us, we pray. Amen.